Amazon is going through this unionization bullshit. Starbucks is actually going through the same shit right now where tons of locations are trying to unionize. But Staten Island, they unionized. That's crazy. That's a huge victory for the workers. Amazon's notorious for treating them like shit. This is the first, first in a string of unionization attempts at the country's second largest employer. It could represent a watershed moment for the tech industry. What up, y'all, and welcome back to the, the new money movement where I summarize some of the hottest business stories, uh, the things that you need to hear. You need to hear about these things to be an informed uh, citizen. Uh, welcome back. If you missed the last episode, again, it's just going to be me uh, for the next little bit. So, you know, if you can click off if you don't want to hear my ass, but I don't know why you're listening to the show if that's the case. But welcome back. Uh, really, really happy to have you. First story I want to start off with the, the most joke story. So Elon Musk takes a surprise 9% stake in Twitter, sending the shares soaring. I think they were up uh, uh, 25%. Now, Twitter historically has been a brutal stock. They, they, just, they have no idea what to do for monetization. They're, they've rolled out these weird Twitter blue functions, and they're, they're just kind of like... Uh, a, a small time player. You look at Meta, you, you look at ByteDance with TikTok, you look at any of these social media platforms, uh, obviously YouTube, uh, way, way bigger. Like, man, it's it's not even close. So they've definitely been small fries, even though they are a very w widely used platform and they're still widely used. They're still very, very relevant. Actually, you could argue they've never been more relevant, right? But Elon, he actually bought this stake a few weeks ago, but then he released a poll on his Twitter and was just saying, hey, do you think Twitter should be free speech or should there be some like free form? Or I'm not really sure what the tech speak was, but he's basically said he's took umbrage with like a lot of shit that Twitter's done. And he's fucking Elon Musk. He's the richest man in the world. So why not just buy uh, the, the biggest stake in the company? And I think he's the largest shareholder now, which is like, so jokes because this probably didn't even like dent his net worth like probably like a billion or two billion or whatever it's like not that big of a deal but elon disclosed a nine percent stake in twitter turning one of the most famous users into its shareholders the surprise it 27 percent on monday it's the largest one day percentage gain on record and nobody really knows why he's doing this i mean it's it's I mean, it's pretty obvious. He just doesn't care. He's a huge troll and he's got so much money he doesn't know what to do with. So why not just take a massive position in one of the biggest companies in the world? Eh, actually, Twitter's not one of the biggest companies in the world. It's well, widely most notable, one of the most notable companies in the world. But yeah, he owns almost 73 million shares. And, you know, it just it's a jolt. I mean, I guess investors have been looking, have been dying uh, to get something. I know they have the new CEO, Jack Dorsey's out. And this, I, I believe his name's Prague. Let me check here. I gotta, I gotta get this na guy's name right. Parag Agarwal, Agarwal, probably fucking butchered that. This guy's goal is to hit 7.5 billion in annual revenue by the end of 2023. By the end of 2023, so not this year, next year. Dude, YouTube, YouTube, a sub of Al Alphabet, a sub of Google, YouTube brought in 8.6 billion in Q4 of 2021 alone. Uh, now YouTube is is fucking crushing it. Let's let's not get it twisted. It's the hottest. You know, people forget that like you, you hear about TikTok and all these things. YouTube is on a whole different level, so it's hard to compare that. It's like apples to oranges. But like, I mean, come on. Technically speaking, they're both social media platforms, and if if they're doing more quarterly than your goal for next year, then you know there might be some uh, 
radical adjustments that are needed. But Elon's the biggest troll in the world. I mean, he's he's obsessed with Twitter. I, this guy, this if you've seen his his days, I mean, if he's not working on, you know, SpaceX, Tesla, all his different projects, he's on Twitter. That's all this guy does. And obviously you, you might, well, not obviously, but uh, he also doesn't have the, the greatest family life. There's been a lot of things that have come out on that. I'm not gonna speculate on a man's uh, home life. You don't know. But I mean, like if you just do the math on where he's allocating his time, it's probably not with his family. <laughs> but yeah, hey, listen, this guy, this guy, this is good for Twitter. I mean, it spices things up. It gets investors excited. It adds some uh, sort of speculation, which is something that sometimes stocks need a little bit of uncertainty to, to just, get them out of the woods um, and make something exciting. But Twit, you know, he's also been very vocal about their business strategy. He's asked his followers whether they think, you know, the free speech thing. And yeah, it's just, I think this is great for Twitter. Um, it, it's very uncertain. It's just hilarious. It's another memeable, hilarious thing that this guy's pulling out. But I, I just, yeah, one, one of my favorite stories that I've seen in a long time. In other sort of social media stuff, and you know, guys know I love talking about big tech. So there was a story that came out with the Washington Post. Now, before I even start this, this is by this reporter named Taylor Lorenz. I've seen some of her pieces that have been kind of suspect. She kind of takes a narrative, you know, sort of ahead of, it, it feels like she has a position and a bias ahead of the article and then, you know, writes uh, based on things that confirm her, her, her viewpoint. That's how it seems. I might be wrong. Maybe she's a very ethical reporter and I actually don't know much too, too much, but just from what I've heard, I remember I was listening to this video that was reviewing some of her articles and it was talking about how she covered Mr. Beast and she did him so dirty and, and she's kind of, she kind of comes sideways and I've seen, I've just, I don't know, this, this reporter, she always seems to come for people and it's just kind of like, eh, the pattern, the pattern's kind of weird. But nonetheless, she dropped this report and said that Meta hired a top Republican consulting firm to help spread negative message messages about TikTok in a campaign reminiscent of Frank Underwood's uh, political schemes, if, if you guys watched um, House of Cards. Totally realistic to, to, I mean, you know, Facebook free falling and, and getting killed um, and they have to do something to sort of you know, misery loves company, you gotta bring down the other platforms. And so, you know, if you're Facebook and you're looking at this, you're like getting all the heat, you're getting all the shit right now from Congress, from society, you, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, you're the worst person in the world. They think you're a lizard, they think you're a demon. They don't know anything about you. I actually listened to uh, his interview with Tim Ferriss. It was actually a great interview. This guy's, you know, people forget he is a human being. He does have opinions and he does, he is just a person. I mean, you might think he's evil and terrible because of the media that you're reading, but you don't actually know who he is. I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but I mean, you can judge the company and some of the directions and things that he's done. I, I totally understand that, but um, I don't know. It's it's There's just a lot of hate directed towards this guy. And here comes ByteDance, who is, you know, a Chinese owned uh, company. They say they're, you know, the American entity separate. Come on, that is just, that's just not, you know, who cares? Like they are a Chinese owned company. They're running shit in America. And there's been quite a debate around, you know, the the legitimacy of, of you know, some of their adherence to some American laws and, and some of the, maybe there's some crazy stuff that's affecting kids or whatever. Listen, TikTok, I owe everything to TikTok. I love TikTok. But if you're, you know, from a diplomatic or sorry, a political perspective, yeah, it's 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 crazy to think that a, a, a you know, quote unquote, an adversary of, not an adversary, I shouldn't say adversary, it's like, uh, 
it's spicy between the US and China right now. There's some spiciness, there's some tension going on right now. And, you know, to have an American owned company getting its ass handed to you, right? If you're an American politician and you're having you're an American company getting its ass handed to it by a Chinese owned entity in America, I mean, you know, that, that it's just kind of like people are always talking about, you know, improving domestic and deglobalization with all this Russia Ukraine stuff. And so this is going to get a lot more scrutiny. And basically Facebook's here sitting like, dude, why are we getting all this heat when this, these guys are doing 10, 10 X, 10 X, a hundred X worse stuff. And in, you know, in their opinion, and they're kind of just flying under the radar. Like, how is that happening? And so, you know, I understand why they hired this if this actually happened, an outside source to just basically write bullshit about TikTok. But this story dropped and it actually makes TikTok look really good. And they actually did probably the opposite of what they were hoping. You know, it just makes them look even worse. Now they're gonna get even more scrutiny. You know, apparently they were pushing stories about harmful TikTok trends. You know, the, the <laughs> there is the um, slap a teacher challenge, which didn't actually originate on TikTok. It, it began on Facebook. There's the devious lick challenge where people would just like steal shit and, and call it a devious lick, which was one of the funniest shit. I mean, it's terrible, but it's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Um, and so that actually originated on Facebook. So it's like Meta actually responded to this and they said that we believe all platforms, including TikTok, should face a level of scrutiny consistent with their growing success, uh, which is owned by the Chinese tech giant ByteDance. Um, but I mean, ByteDance has gotten a lot of scrutiny. Congress is all over it. I mean, they're coming for them. It's in the works. And so basically, you know, I think Zuckerberg said that like people have a lot of choices of for how they want to spend their time and apps like TikTok are growing quickly. We've got our eyes on it. I think they said TikTok like fucking 10, 20, 30 times in their annual report or their uh, their last quarterly earnings call. I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's pretty pretty crazy stuff. And we'll see how that happens. I'll share with you guys, you know, I, I, I'm taking huge bets on social media right now. It's it's how I make most of my money, if not all my money uh, is, is predicated on that. And, and I, I am working on a few external businesses and things like that. But right now I'm, I'm really, really focused on pumping out the content, taking uh, advantage of the reach while it's here and, and trying my best to build a, a stronger brand uh, on YouTube and you know grow TikTok, grow Instagram, grow Meta and all that kind of stuff, all my presence there. So, you know, stuff like this does make me a little bit nervous because I, you know, it could just yank it and it's, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, you know, you have to diversify, you have to, you know, expand your businesses outward and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, yes, and I'm going to do that. And I have done that in some ways, but like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta eat it up while it's here. So I hope they kind of just like, things kind of like stay, we're not banning any platforms, we're not banning TikTok, TikTok. Hopefully they're not as bad as people are making them out to be. I, I really don't know what goes on behind the scenes there, obviously, but I, you know, damn, this is my livelihood. So that's why I like talking about it. That's just kind of what I wanted to share. If you guys are looking for a new credit card, that's awesome and gives you great cash back. You're looking for a fantastic savings account that'll give you a good yield, a good return on your money for, I mean, it's not gonna give you 10%, but it'll give you something. Then you guys need to check out Neo Financial. They are a proud sponsor of the show uh, and they've supported your boy for some time. And so uh, I would love for you guys to check out some of the products. They are 
in my opinion, one of the best things in fintech in Canada right now, uh, especially for young Canadians. Uh, so, you know, and who knows, maybe Americans soon, but uh, right now Canadians. So if you guys are interested at all in getting a better credit card, better savings account, better uh, want to build a credit with their credit builder, check out the link in the description. I'm telling y'all, you will not regret it. Another thing that came up that people have been talking a lot, a lot, a lot about in the finance world is the yield curve and the yield curve inversion, right? And 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 essentially what that means is when short-term interest rates are higher than long-term interest rates, it sometimes signals a recession. This is what people call the inverted yield curve. And it actually happened on Friday. So people have been speculating on this for a while and actually happened on Friday. This is when the two-year treasury note, which is basically like a government bond, a two-year government bond, more or less, hit a 2.44% interest rate. And on the 10-year notes, it lagged behind at 2.38. And usually the 10-year, you know, and again, it's just like long-term bond, uh, government bond, that signals the sort of outlook, more or less, right? Uh, outlook, investors' confidence, whatever. And so when short-term interest rates are higher than long-term interest rates, that means there's a yield curve inversion. Typically, it, you know, as time goes out, you know, your interest rate should be higher to compensate for the uncertainty. That's generally, generally very basic how it works. And so it should be, you know, shorter term interest rates, you get your money quicker. It's a lower rate. Longer term, if you're taking a longer term bet, you should be compensated as such because your money's tied up longer. That's generally how it goes. But when that inverts, it's somewhat of a strong predictor of a recession. Some people say it's guaranteed. Some people say it's, you know, it, it's somewhat correlated, but there's other correlates and there's other things, the confounding variables that are happening. But Fed researchers, the Fed, Federal Reserve in the US, have found that the relationship of the rates over shorter term horizons of less than two years was more accurate of a measure than the risk of a session. Yes, that's what I'm alluding to. There's other, there's other potential things that could come out there. So is there gonna be a recession? There's probably going to be a slowdown. There's probably going to be some delayed effects that happen um, because of the stuff that's happening in Europe right now, um, because of the the supply chains are still kind of out of whack. Docks are out of whack, you know, with, with shipments and, 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 and ports. And there's, there's a lot of fucking shit that's happening right now. The inflation's like crazy. Uh, the, you know, the Fed's at raising interest rates. Technically, when you when you raise interest rates, you're cooling off an economy. But if an economy is kind of struggling or teetering because of some underlying issues and you raise interest rates, you make it harder for people to buy homes. You make it harder for businesses to, to you know, get debt and, and invest and whatever. It impacts future cash flows, impacts securities. And it d does a lot. So it's basically the, the, the Federal Reserve of the U.S. And, and the Bank of Canada and other central banks are teetering on trying to cool off the economy, cool off inflation without you know, plunging us into a recession. It's a ridiculously hard dance that they're attempting to do right now. And hopefully they can pull it off. But I think, you know, recession, that's a strong word. Is there going to be a pullback? They're already kind of, yeah, yeah. I think I would, I would say it's more likely yes than no, that there's a pullback of some degree. What does that mean? Is that, does that mean people lose their jobs or whatever? I, I, I really don't know. I would say it's probably more so just like, yeah, things just, cool off a little bit. The economy slows down, there's a pullback. You know, maybe you see an impact in the jobs market. I mean, people still can't hire enough right now. There's there's still tons of opportunity out there for it's a workers market by a by a country mile. It's not even close. And so is the jobs market going to be impacted the labor market rather? Uh is that going to be impacted? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Only time will tell. 
I think there's a lot of hype around this inversion and the, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I try not to put too much stock in things like that. Oh, it's like, oh, oh this is the signal. This is the, ah. I, I think there's been a few instances where that doesn't happen. Let me try, have a look at this. Um, let me have a look at this. Uh, no, it's 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 pretty consistent. I mean, 08 here, we've got tech. You guys can't see this, but you've got the tech bubble here. Late 80s, yes, okay. So I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe it's just me being the eternal optimist here. But that's that's generally you know a, a been a big story, and so you know keep an eye on that. Um, you really nothing you can fucking do about it. But it's interesting to talk about at parties, right? Another thing, uh, Americans, millions of Americans and Canadians uh, are coming out of retirement and working. There's just, again, tons of opportunity right now. People are really just either, you know, they might have retired early because of the pandemic and things like that. And now they're seeing all these this opportunity. There's, you see all these CEOs coming out of retirement. There's a lot of people who are just coming in and doing uh, work because it's more flexible. You can work from home. It's easier. You just imagine like you're, you know, you're in your early 60s, you're an exec or you're like you're done your career, whatever. And and you could just work remotely from home. I mean, keeps you busy. I mean, what the fuck are you going to do with your whole day? Might as well work at least part time or sit on some boards or do some do something, you know, that you can do from home because there's so many flexible arrangements that are now. And so these incentives have, have definitely pulled back people. I mean, some people just might need extra cash. You know, retirement requires a large nest egg and, and many people want to supplement their social security checks with part-time jobs like things in retail. And you're just fucking bored, man. Like, God, I couldn't imagine just not working all the time. That's that's why you see some people, you know, readers at Walmart who are like, you know, in their, their like late 70s, early 80s, just, they just want something to do. They love talking to people. They want to enjoy their time and do something somewhat productive or very productive, depending on what the career is, right? I mean, I would say, I love the Walmart readers. They do such a good job. They always put me in such a good mood. They have a tangible impact on Walmart's business, okay? I'll put my money on that. They, they really, I just love, they're so cute and they're getting paid and they're doing their thing and it's it's fairly low effort for them they just saying hi how you doing uh, and then, you know I, I like to talk to them sometimes and this is totally off the rails right now so i'm gonna reel it back in but other news guys i know i talk about uh the, the you know big tech but i mean come on there's, there's just so much fucking bullshit that these guys are doing all the time so Amazon is going through this unionization bullshit. Starbucks is actually going through the same shit right now where tons of locations are trying to unionize. But Staten Island, they unionized. That's crazy. That's a huge victory for the workers. Amazon's notorious for treating them like shit. This is the first first in a string of unionization attempts at the country's second largest employer. It could represent a watershed moment for the tech industry, which is grappling with a bifurcated workforce dividing high paid office workers from low wage hourly employees and contractors. That's pretty much what it is. You've got these high flying, you know, white collar employees who get taken care of very well. I know people at AWS, Amazon, you know, Ivan, we talked about a few weeks ago, ridiculous money. I mean, I have some former co coworkers did an internship. Now they all work for Amazon uh, corporate in Seattle. And I think there's also a location in Toronto, big money. They're making crazy money. So there's that. And then you have, you know, it, it, Amazon folks do get paid well. And some people actually say it's money. It's, it's, it's great. Other people say it's absolutely hell and they don't treat their workers. Right. I, I, I you know, obviously the truth is usually somewhere in the middle, but I, there's been a lot of instances where Amazon's probably doing some dodgy shit. 
This win for Amazon workers could create a ripple effect. Workers across the tech industry are agitated for change with numerous efforts to unionize. So in February, uh, two Apple stores are planning to file paperwork with the National Labor Relations Board. I think there was one for things like Lyft, Uber, DoorDash. Last January, Alphabet Workers Union, a membership organization including Google's Temp Workers. Um, hey, listen, guys, one of the biggest issues, challenges, risks, you could say for uh, corporations are unionization. That, that makes it so much harder to be aligned uh, for companies. And this is just from the corporate perspective. Uh, you know, obviously the people need somebody that needs to represent them. They want representation, they want protection, they want all those things. They don't wanna get fucked over and they don't wanna, they don't wanna have, they wanna say in things. But with that being said, when they're, when they're, when it's contentious like that and you have to deal with a union, it, things move a lot more bureaucratically and slowly and companies can't move as fast. Typically tech companies have, have, have grown so quickly because they have that sort of like streamlined, you know, total control process. They move as one, right? When you have a union, it, you just, it, that just doesn't happen. Things take way longer. You have to get everything approved. It's just very, very difficult. And it's very hard to manage as, as, a, as a middle manager, as a direct manager, as a, an exec. And it's just, it's incredibly hard because it's just a new thing, a new uh, thing that you have to work around as you're sort of navigating the company. So that like, I'm telling you every single C-suite and board of directors are, and, and everybody at the top is, is petrified of this and i'll bet your ass that like they this is the number one thing that's on amazon's mind it's the number one thing that's on a lot of these corporations mind is to, and, and and they're gonna fight this like crazy but it's it's insane how amazon actually lost and couldn't sway the employees in a way that said hey no, we don't want to utilize it like i mean they're making so much goddamn money you'd think they'd sweeten the pot and and just make life so good for them that they can't they can't say no I mean, they have enough money, they have enough, uh, they're, they're strong enough business to do that. Um, but you could argue that their workforce is so large now that maybe they don't have the resources to do that. So really quickly, guys, I just want to uh, close off with Russia, Ukraine, pretty disgusting story here. So the West is vowing more action after horrifying discoveries. Western leaders pledged to ratchet up the economic pressure on Russia after Oh man, I, I hope you guys didn't see some of this stuff. I didn't see this, but I, I'm, I'm seeing this article and it's just, it's insane. There's Russian forces, they, they pulled back from around Ukraine's capital, capital uh, Kyiv. Uh, Ukrainian troops and Western journalists moved into the city suburbs in a nearby town. Uh, they found people in civilian clothes who appeared to have been killed at close range, some with their hands tied behind their back. That literally makes me fucking nauseous. The mayor of that small town, uh, I think it's Bucha, uh, probably saying that wrong, told the Washington Post that 270 residents were found in mass graves. <sighs> Man, like, it's so fucked. Like, it's just, and everybody's desensitized to this stuff. It's just, it's, it's insane. And so people, I think Zelensky is, is, is a, you know, he's saying this is a genocide. I, I mean, yeah, what else is it? Like, this is just people getting killed for no fucking reason. It, and it just, it's insane. These images were described as unbearable and it's just brutality against civilians we haven't uh, seen in Europe for decades. And, you know, I was talking to my brother a few weeks ago before any of this kind of got this real. And you could kind of get a sense that if this were to continue and go longer, it would get this real. The guy's a war criminal now. Like, it's not even debatable. Like, this is, this is... I don't know, man. It's just, it's insanity. And so 
So far, again, the sanctions have been ratcheted up. Swift uh, messaging services blocked, uh, tech, sec- tech exports, frozen assets of oligarchs. You know, there's a laundry list of shit that's happened. But one thing that the EU hasn't done is ban Russian oil and gas imports. I mean, it, this would literally fuck Europe so hard if they did that. So they just can't do that. It's just self-preservation at this point, uh, which is which is it's a tough spot to be in. The US, which has already determined that Russia has committed war crimes in Ukraine, uh, will likely take additional action very soon. So that's not good because things were moving in a positive direction somewhat. And yes, there's been civilian and casualties and things like that. But um, yeah, it's, this isn't going away anytime soon. Like stuff like this is like, okay, no, this is gonna go on for a long, much longer time. And like, you know, you could argue as it should, you could argue, that you know we should do everything to just make sure this stops and prevent future you know instances of this regardless i just think that it looks like it's been like 40 days since russia first did this invasion they couldn't capture kiev they retreated um focusing more on the southeastern regions um you know there's there was an attack on the black sea port and and you know peace talks are progressing but they're not to the point where you know, Vladimir Putin and Zelensky are ready to meet. So there's a lot more work to be done, but they're they're working on getting this hammered out. And and I just really hope that this ends soon. I mean, the entire world is hoping that this ends soon. And again, guys, I, you know, I, again, you know, you might be tired of hearing about it, but it's, it's really important stuff just to kind of have a perspective of around the world and not live in an echo chamber and a silo of your own you know, bliss. I mean, and it just reminds you how lucky we are to live in Canada, to live in the U.S., uh, to live in the West. If if you're not in the West or you're wherever you're listening to this, you know, count your blessings. And and if you're listening to this, you're probably not in the middle of a war. And if you are, God bless you. And I hope things get better. So you know, just count your blessings, pray for the, the this country, and and hope hopefully this gets uh, taken care of soon. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Tried to bang out some stories and some uh, some stuff that I really found interesting this week. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. And hopefully, I, I hope to see you uh, and next Monday uh, for a really awesome episode and an awesome announcement. So I'm checking out. Take care.